Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. Mrs. Dale, thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We are continuing our examination of the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew. We're in the fifth chapter, and chapters 5, 6, and 7 are often referred to as Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Yes, Jesus was sitting on a mountain, on the side of a mountain, not at the pinnacle, on the side of a mountain. His disciples were gathered around him. Crowds were gathered around him. And he was teaching, is what the Scripture says. And so sometimes I, when we use that term sermon, I think we're communicating something different than what actually was going on there, particularly in our modern uh, understanding and experience with such things, such sermons, right? So anyway, we're in the fifth chapter, and we're now to the 17th verse. We'll pick that up in just a moment. But remember what we covered uh, uh, previously. Well, really, we're down to the 21st verse. Sorry, 21st verse. It was in the 17th verse that Jesus said that he did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And this is really important because people wonder, what's this guy? Who is this guy? What's he going to do? We're going to find him doing all these miracles and all this kind of stuff. Who who is he? What is occurring here? (coughs) So he's saying, from the beginning, I have come to fulfill the law. And he starts dealing with various things of the law, the righteousness with the law. He says, as a matter of fact, you're going to have to be, your righteousness is going to have to surpass the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees which in their mind they were thinking, well, that's impossible. Otherwise, if, you don't, if you're not that righteous, you're not going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Well, how's that going to work? Well, let's just continue on. Verse 21, Jesus says this. You have heard that the ancients were told. It is what the ancients were told. You shall not commit murder, or whoever commits murder will be liable to the court. So the you shall not commit murder, it's just a quote right of the Old Testament. Uh, Exodus 20, I believe, uh, the Ten Commandments. The Lord said, you shall not commit murder. He said, but if you commit murder, you're going to be found liable to the court or guilty before the court, verse 22. But I say, whoa, now let's hang on a second here. We're going to see this a good bit, okay? And what we're going to see is that the Lord is going to say, well, you have heard this. And then he's going to go, but I say, and if you're reading that just at a face value and sort of stopping like we are right now, you're thinking, well, is the Lord saying that the law was wrong, that the law was inadequate, that the law was incomplete? Is he saying that? No, he's not saying that. <coughs> but just pay attention to this as we'll go. We'll see some things. Verse 22 again. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. The same phraseology there, okay? And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, or I think it's the King James that says the raka, which is actually the Greek word raka, which means that you're calling somebody an empty-headed fool. So whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court. And whoever says, you fool, shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. So what's going on here? What's Jesus saying? 
Well, in verse 21, he says, you've heard that the ancients received this, what the Greek actually means, that they were told this, you shall not commit murder. Well, we know this. We know this from the, uh, uh, the Ten Commandments. We know this from the law. And then he says, and you also remember this, whoever commits murder is going to be found guilty or is liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Jesus is tying together anger with murder. Yeah, think that through. Jesus is tying anger and murder together. What does he say? He says, whoever's angry with his brother is guilty before the court. Whoever calls his brother an empty-headed fool is guilty before the court. How guilty? Guilty enough to go into the fiery hell, uh, literally the hell of Gehenna, Gehenna fire. Verse 23, Jesus says, therefore, therefore, what does that mean? Therefore, whenever you see a therefore, look to see what it's there for. Therefore, in light of this, in light of the fact that anger with the brother is a form of committing murder, <laughs> therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. You know, these, honestly, are difficult teachings. Why is it difficult? Because look what Jesus says. If you're presenting an offering at the altar before the Most High God, and you remember that your brother has something against you, then you go and be reconciled with your brother. Notice that it doesn't say that you have something against your brother, but you know your brother has something against you. Okay? You know that he's holding something against you. You know that he's mad at you. Then we have a role and a responsibility and have been told flat out by Jesus to leave aside the offering before the Lord and to go to our brother and be reconciled. Now, here's the mindset of the world and the mindset of many people who profess to be brothers, and this is how the enemy will attack us. Because we'll go, well, you know, I'm fine with them. They're the one that's got a problem with me. You know, they've got something against me, and there's nothing I can do about it, and it's their responsibility to come to me. Okay? It's their responsibility. And the Lord is teaching otherwise. He says, you get up and you go, and then you be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Last two verses, verses 25 and 26 now. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid up the last cent. What is Jesus saying? Hey, if you know that uh, somebody's got something against you, go seek to be reconciled. Most definitely forgive them. Okay, he's already said that. He says, but go and be reconciled to them. 
if you have an opponent at law, there's some type of legal thing that you're arguing over and you're having to go before a judge, having to go before a court, he's saying this, you know, settle this out of court before you get hauled before the, the judicial officer because you don't know which way this is going. You may get thrown in prison. And he literally says, verse 25, make friends quickly. Okay, make friends quickly with your opponent at law, the one in which you're battling that law issue. We have, folks, a role and a responsibility to walk in love, not walk in vindictiveness, to walk in a way that is reflective of the Most High who lives within us, not to walk in a way that we're trying to prove that we were right and we're going to win no matter what. Because Jesus says this, if you go that route, if you get sent down, you get thrown in prison, you're not going to get out of there until you've paid every last cent. The way of the Lord is not necessarily the intuitive way of the world, but it is the way of hope and the way of righteousness and the way of love. We must walk in that way. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.